Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. How you doing? And uh, welcome to Self-Expressions. Uh, I know I normally usually come on on Saturdays, but tonight I'm just filling the gap for uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. So I'll be here this evening, and we're uh, just going to talk about a couple of things. But first, let me just uh, let you know that we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And if you're online and you want to call in, you can call in at 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to speak to me, press number one. Okay, let's keep things moving right along. We only have an hour tonight. Let's see uh, how much we can get in there. So <clears throat> tonight's topic for self-expression is do your job. Here I am. And we're going to be going over First <clears throat> um, Samuel, First Samuel chapter 16, and we're going to be going through uh, chapter 16 to chapter 14, okay? And then we're also going to be going over Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8, and so let us begin. So um, now, before I get started, I just want to let you know, when I say do your job, you know, I'm not saying, hey, just go out to work. I mean, do your job like like you mean it, like, like your boss is literally on your back. The reason why I say this is because all of us don't take doing our job seriously. All of us think that things just fall in line, you know, uh, like the stars and the moon has to shine at the same time when we're doing things. But the whole thing is that, truthfully, most of the time they're not. Things don't line up. Things don't match. And when we say, well, hey, I'm doing the best I can, are you really doing the best you can? Are you really putting forth effort? Most of the times, if you really say, I'm really doing my best, most of the time it's not. That's just lip service. That's just something you're just saying, you know. But let me just tell you truthfully. The first thing that I would say to you is, or some people say, be like David. But a lot of people say, David. Oh, man, he did all kinds of stuff, man. David David wasn't a perfect man. They say he was a man of God, uh, man after God's own heart. Oh, yes, he was. And we can backtrack this, and let's start at the beginning. So, yes, David was, and he has done some things, good and bad. But the, the one thing that David did is that when he realized is that he repented right away. Immediately he repented. Not many times that he did, but he did repent immediately when he did things wrong. And when I say do your job, I'm talking about do your job, let's say uh, Walmart employee, Home Depot employee, where it just seems like you're just interested in doing your job. Your main job is customer service, serving the customer. But it seems like your main job is talking on the phone, talking to other employees while customers are wandering around figuring out where do I find a screwdriver at aisle seven or aisle nine? You know, and then we do have the good customer service reps that work in both, you know, um, institutions that I said 
that are excellent at their job and they do actually help and serve customers. And sometimes, you know, we have you. You know, which are you? Are you one of the ones that are, are, are absolute or, or there for your job doing what you need to do? Uh, and the whole thing is when I say do your job, doing your job doesn't start when you show up at work when you punch the time clock in. Doing your job starts at mentally preparing before you get there. Some people are not mentally prepared to do their job. Every aspect of anybody that has held a job or has a job right now, from the time that you get up, from the time that you go to work, and then when you clock out. And sometimes even after you clock out, sometimes you may, on your way out, they may notice that you look like a Walmart employee or you are a Walmart employee or a Home Depot employee. Hey, uh, where can I find a, you know, uh, a wrench? You know, and you can, it, what's the harm in just saying, hey, aisle nine? You know, sometimes we think that doing our job is primary from the time we punch in to the time we punch out. You know, and that's the aspect of where I'm going to go into, like I said, the two scriptures I had, I, I had there. You know, we're going to read along one, and then we're going to uh, just, as, you know, the same time, we're going to, like, paraphrase the uh, Isaiah. But right now, I'm concentrating on the, the aspect of when it's time, it comes time for you to do your job. And also, it starts off with being mentally prepared, no matter what you do. I don't care if you are a broom pusher. I don't care if you clean toilets. You have to be mentally prepared. Auto mechanic. Sometimes when we face our job, there may be all kinds of things that we may have to be prepared to deal with. We are not mentally prepared to deal with it. And so let's go back into David, okay? So now, David. Everybody wants to mention, oh, uh, yeah, he had Bathsheba's husband killed so he could have her for his wife. Yes, he did that. Yes, he repented. But God makes sure all good comes to everything. So let's start at the beginning, okay? At the beginning, David had an assignment, and the assignment was from God. And on top of that, we go all the way back until we can talk about Samuel, okay? Now, Samuel was in a predicament where God told him to do something. He didn't want to do it immediately. But what God did was God surprised even Samuel. Because what God did was he commanded Samuel to go into Bethlehem and pick the new king. Problem is that he already had a king. The other problem was Israel was never supposed to have a king. Israel was supposed to be governed by God, but the, but Israel cried out, God, we need a king. God, we, we need a king. Everybody has a king. The Amorites, the Hittites, and all, everybody. Everybody got a king but us. So God said, okay, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll okay. So you don't, you guys want to pick Sal for your king? Okay, I agree with that for right now. And lo and behold, everything was great with Sal until he started thinking that he didn't need God and he didn't need to do the stuff necessary that God commanded him to rule the kingdom of Israel. So what God did was he appointed Samuel to go into Bethlehem and to prepare to anoint a new king. Problem was, Samuel was scared to death because 
anytime that Samuel went some, somewhere and he was Israel's prophet of of uh, Israel and the prophet from God directly, so they knew that anything that he was he had to say was going to be very important. And Saul, I mean, and Samuel was very afraid, but he also knew that this was a commandment from God, and he had to do it. He had to do his job, even though he knew that he may possibly be facing death because Saul, at that time, he was a little bit, you know, off his rocker where he was making declarations, he was making declare, uh, you know, declaring some, some things where people were afraid. Well, Saul banned up eventually, and he went to Bethlehem. So from here, we're going to read on from First uh, Samuel, and we're going to start chapter 16, verses 1. Okay, now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears, hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for, for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled. Do you come peacefully? And he said, peacefully I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he he uh, consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Elab and said, surely the Lord anointed, anointed is before him. But God, but God the Lord said to Samuel, or at his physical statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abelah and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shalom pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these ones. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all these young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him, he brought him in. Now he was he was ruby with bright eyes and good looking and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn 
of oil and anointed him and in the midst of his brothers, spirit of the Lord come upon David from that day forth. So Samuel arose and went to uh, Redom. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And that's the end of of that verse right there that we were talking about um, in in First uh, Samuel. Okay, so now to let you know what just happened. So the people knew that by Samuel coming to Bethlehem, that it was either good news or bad news. And God told him, you know, hey, take a heifer with you, so you know they won't be a miss right right at first. When you're going to do it, you're going to do the deed, and it's going to be over with, which he did. Immediately after David was anointed, Saul felt a, a spirit within his soul, knowing that at that point God departed from him. Now it was nobody else's fault but Saul's, but from there, his soul was not it was 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 not at ease was wasn't at ease anymore. For he knew that he lost his appointment from what God had made, and he knew that uh, his days were numbered from there. Okay, and I'm just going to backtrack right there from from that part right there. Now, when I say do your job, this is the part where it it means something. And it means something. It doesn't mean that you have to do your job forever. What it means is that you have to prepare for your job and you have to do it. It is expected of you. Whether you get, if you get paid, yes, you get paid. Uh, if you do something, if it's, it's a family affair, it's a family affair. Regardless of what you're doing, you have to do your job. So what David did, you want to know what David did after he got anointed? David went back to attend the sheep. He went back. He went back to what he normally did. David said, okay, well, I just got anointed. Okay, I'm anointed. I'm anointed to be the next king. Okay. And David saw it for what it is. He knew that they had a king already. He knew nothing happened to him at that moment. So David went back after the feast, went back to his sheep, went back to his flock. David also did other things that encompassed part of his job. Okay? David continued to play his harp. So lull the sheep while I was there. And David also... If we, if we forgot this one detail, had a slingshot. And I would figure David would be here in the fields, picking out stones. Perfect stone for that slingshot. Perfect stone. And you know what else he probably did? He probably practiced that slingshot on a tree or something. I'm quite sure he wouldn't harm his flock with that slingshot. But David practiced that slingshot. And the reason why I'm bringing up this purpose is just because you're anointed, just because something that is certainly, certainly meant for you is going to happen doesn't mean you stop doing what you're doing because right now, oh, the moment is here. Whew, I can just kick back and, and, you know, kick my heels up and I ain't got to do nothing from here on out. No, nobody said that you're, you got rich, you're getting riches upon riches because, of course, you're getting appointed to a job. When you get appointed to a job, that job that you're going to fill, you're already qualified. You're already qualified. 
You think God is going to set us up for failure? No. Success is certain, especially when God, God is involved. So when God made him, made Samuel anoint David, he already knew. David already put in the work. David already did the time. David already, you know, he, he slayed the lion. He slayed the bear. So even when God had more for him to do as far as slaying Goliath, he was already qualified and he was already skilled. David knew what he was doing when he went with no armor. He was like, when I, when I slayed lions and bears, I didn't have armor. I just had God at my back bringing that stick. Another day at the job. You know, and everybody was amazed that David was able to do that. But, you know, we're going to, we're just going to stop right there and just keep that point right there. That's how everybody's supposed to do their job. That's how they're supposed to apply themselves. When they have a job to do, they do it. You know, if you, if you have a job, you have to put the time and you have to put the work in. You have to make sure you have the necessary qualifications. Whether you have them or not, eventually you will develop the ability to be qualified for the job. If you have a job that you're qualified to do, you do it. It's very simple. Some people say, hey, I'm not 100%. I'm not, you know, hey, that's neither here nor there. You showed up for the job. You have the qualification. Whether you have a scratch on your elbow, whether you stubbed your toe that morning, you know, you know, unless you got something broken or, you know, you got a major illness, if you show up for work, you work. You do what you're supposed to do day in, day out. You don't come to work expecting an easy day. You don't expect to do a task and think it's easy every day. Every day is not a sunny day. You know, we have to make sure that we're not setting ourselves up for failure after, we quali- after we're qualified. You know, David could have done a lot of different things after he got anointed. He could have stopped working. He could have said, man, let one of my other brothers take care of these sheep. I'm going to be the next king. He, he could tell his dad, dad, you better watch what you say or what, you, what, you, what assignment you have for me over here. Because if you give me a bad assignment, once I become king, you know, I, I might double your taxes or something. He could, you know, he could do a lot of, he could, he could do a lot of things. The one thing David did not do, he did not forget he had a job to do, and he did his job to completion. And that's what all of us fail to do most of the time. We fail to do our job to completion. You know, sometimes we I understand we're working, you know, uh, one more hour, you know, I just want to sit here and just let this hour pass by and just get on out of here. No, that's not what you're getting paid for. So now you want to, so, so now you just want to, you just want to take it easy for the last hour. Oh, well, I worked real hard seven hours. You didn't work hard the last the last hour. What's wrong with you? You know, that's not how God assigns things. You know, you reap what you sow. You do hard work, you move up in the company. That's how it, go, that's how it goes. But some people think that they have special privileges or they have, you know, uh, you know, there's an exception. They're an exception to the rule because, for so many years, so many hours, that they feel as though there should be an exclusion and that they're special because they've done it. Well, 
here's a statistic that should frighten you. Now, all those that's been on, that have been on their job, unless you're exceptional, extraordinary, you get to stay. Most of the time, companies turn over their their personnel every five years, and the reason why is because they have people that stay far too long that have not given out results of their paycheck, and they pay them more and more each year. They lay off people. They fire people. They get people severance packages because they'd rather have a cheaper version of this worker or this workforce that now everybody has a perception that after a certain amount of time, they have certain luxuries and they can do things differently than what other employees do. And then other employees have that same effect also. So, yes, do your job and do it thoroughly every day. You reap what you sow. If you're sowing bad spirits in your job, if you're not putting forth effort, if you're not doing an exceptional job day in and day out, that's what you get paid for, do your job. Do your job. It doesn't have to be exceptional every day, but to you and, and, and your heart, if you did the best you can, that's exceptional. That's an exceptional job, doing the best that you can, doing one's absolute best. Okay? And then, you know, the, the other part of, of tonight that I want to talk about is here I am. Here I am, and we're going to be covering from Isaiah chapter 6. Verses 1 through 8. Now, when we begin uh, Isaiah chapter 6, you know, it starts with the critical part of us criticizing ourselves to where we think that we're not useful. So it says, and the post of the door moves, and the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then it says, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And, and you know, right there, you know, like I said, we, we have that, that, oh, woe is me. And there it is, right there, woe is me. And just because he has unclean lips and he is in, you know, he's a mum, he's one of mum, people of unclean lips. That means his his lips are for right there forever unclean. No, not not that's that's not so. We can't adopt that attitude. We have to adopt the attitude of we will be where we want to be. If that's where you want to be, that's where you want to be. If you want to remove yourself from that, yes, you will find a way to remove yourself from that. If you're in a dwelling of a, a dwelling place of unclean lips, you will have it too. If you want to, you can. So let me just go ahead and and then getting through one of the serpents onto the onto me, having a live coal in his hand, which I had taken with the tongues from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, "Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged." Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying. Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. 
you know, and right there, it's just powerful right there. Just those words right there that were spoken. And why can't we, why can't we adopt that attitude where, you know, we can say, hey, yes, you know, what was me? Yes, I'm sitting in the heart of hell. Yes, but you don't have to, you don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. I'm not saying make hell heaven. No, only thing I'm saying is you can remove yourself from the situation. You can't. Sometimes people can't remove themselves immediately. Sometimes they can't move. Sometimes it may take weeks. Sometimes it may take months. Sometimes it makes years. It may take years. But just don't forget when you you know, if you have a vision and if you have yourself in a placement where you don't want to be, you have to make sure. It's, it's like this: if you're in a burning building, if you're in a burning building, are you going to say, hey, you know what? This is the building I was sitting in, and it's burning now. Oh, well, so I guess I'll just go down with the building. No, you're going to look for an exit. You're going to look for an exit. You're not going to sit there and say, oh, you know what? Building's burning up. You know what? Every building has common things. Front door, back door. You only have one or two options. And the third one is just stay there. Third one, I don't think that's what you really – that's the, the, the idea – of an of a answer that you want to have on a building on fire. When a building's on fire, you know a building's on fire. First, you're going to smell smoke. You're going to be, where's this smoke coming from? And that's, you know, most, that's most common normal people. Crazy people might go about their business and say, oh, there's smoke somewhere. Uh, somebody else can deal with it. Or, you know, oh, yeah, it's a little smoke. I don't know where it's coming from, but, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, that's with the most common people, the most common thought is smoke. Wait a minute, it might be a fire somewhere. Let me do some investigation. Lo and behold, you see it's a fire. It's raging out of control. It's consuming everything in its path. What are you going to do? You're going to get out of there. And this is the whole thing where I'm saying about situations where you keep saying that I have no control of. I was born here. I was raised here. I was raised among these type of people, this type of people. Let me tell you, some of the best folks that I know have been part of something that they're supposed to belong to forever, like Jehovah Witnesses. I know a pastor that was a Jehovah Witness all the way up until the age of 15, and now he's a pastor at a church. I'll let him tell his story. That's his story, so I won't give too much about him. But it's, you know, like I said, just because God can release you from anything. I know people have excuses. Oh, man, I'm in a violent gang. Oh, I'm in a violent neighborhood. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, you don't. God can release you from anything. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Okay, here I am. Here I am. And immediately, when he knew he was free, and he says, who will do my works? Here I am. You know, and it's, you know, and, and, you know, it's also, I can, you know, since I'm, you know, I'm illustrating stuff right now, I can illustrate, like, this is, uh, you know, the, the game of football. Yeah, you have a quarterback, and the quarterback, you know, he calls the play. He says, 
we're going to run this play. The quarterback, you know, he has to communicate with the center. The center communicates with the linemen. The wide receivers give the quarterback signals. Quarterback hikes the ball. And, you know, at this point, when the ball is hiked, everybody has an assignment. Everybody has a task to do. Everybody has to be where they're supposed to be. And during this perfect play that I'm describing, when the quarterback drops back, throws the ball. The receiver catches it. He's in the spot he's supposed to be. He catches it, touchdown. That's the perfect play. That's the play that every team wants to draw up for being a successful play. And, you know, it's it's amazing when you see it on the, on the field. And, yes, you know, everybody has a job to do, and everybody has a task, and everybody has assignments. And that's an error where that perfect play is. That's what we envision. But on the other hand, for everything you do, there is an opposition. So you, when you line up on that field, there's going to be defenders. So, yes, you want to still, even though you have obstacles in your way, you want that perfect play to still happen. The best way possible for that to happen is for you to stay on your assignment. And the here I am part is you, you, when you see opposition, sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're afraid to face it. And sometimes we were happy when we had that, that, willing, that willing person that says, so who's going to take on this guy? Who's going to do this? I am. Here I am. I'll do it. So in the scriptures where, you know, deal with Isaiah, God said he had a task to perform, and Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Also, we can go over in um, Acts chapter 1, verses 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is to come upon you. And ye shall be witness unto me both in Judea and Samaria and unto the othermost part of the earth. So so we see that this, you know, with, with Isaiah, God has a task, you know, to, to be performed and is asking everyone, who will go? How are you? What 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 are you what are you doing? Are you willing are you know are you waving your hand, basically? Are, are you saying here I am? Are you just Hiding and saying, uh, I sure hope uh, he doesn't see me. You know, for for those who are willing to say, here I am, you know, send me. You know, like the football player, you know, you must be willing to be obedient and be where you ought to be, you know, especially with, and be willing to complete the task. You know, be willing to accept the task. So God has needs for witnesses in this world today. You know, it doesn't take a, a, a genius to look around and see that people in this world, need to meet the Lord every day, you know, meet him no matter where you are, whether you're in your home, whether you're at work, whether you listen to the radio, looking at TV, whether you're, you know, we all see all these horror stories about things going, you know, crazy out in the streets, you know, extortion, murder, all kinds of crimes and violence, you know, but we need to be, you know, we need to be, that that person that says, here I am. You know, not everybody, you know, encounters enough people that's just willing 
on, on the same page spiritually when they have that that will to say, here I am. You know, today we're still not doing, or we're not doing, or and we're not willing to do what God asks of us. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, in Acts, you know, uh, again, God has to tell us that you know He will empower us, but we have to. We, have, we all we also have to do something. You know, we all have to do. Basically, all we have to do is be willing. And be willing to do. You know, there's a phrase that, you know, um, Yoda would say to Luke Skywalker, do or do not, there is no try. You know, in any effort or, or anything you put forth, you know, you have to do more than try. You have to you have to execute. You have to you have to fulfill it. I'm gonna really quick go over into Romans chapter three twenty three. And all that sin and come short of the glory of God. Before Jesus entered into the ministry, God sent John to proclaim, you know, repent and be baptized. Things haven't changed. You know, we're still sinners, and we, and we still, until we admit that we need to repent, we can't be of any use to God or to ourselves. You know, repent means to turn away or to take the opposite or go in the opposite direction. This simply means that you look at the direction that you're that you're moving in, and you make a conclusion, and you make a, a very conscious decision to turn from that way. Scripture also teaches that, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Once you realize that you have sin and are willing to turn, you know, then you have to, you know, you have to do something in turn. What should you say or, or to someone or, or to turn to? that someone is Jesus. You see that there is a punishment for sin. God said, you sin, you shall die. So tell us, what are the wages of sin? It's death. And not to scare anybody, but that's the simple fact that's, you know, already plain, written out there in plain. So a price is basically a demand for sin, and that price is death. For if you listen, that verse doesn't end. Okay, it also tells us that the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that if you turn to Jesus, you can turn everything around. You know, you're basically a born-again being. You know, you don't have to, to wallow in things. Everything has an expiration date. Everything has an ending. But it ha- doesn't have to be the ending that you're predicting. If you trust in God, he will have that perfect ending that he had written for you, that he had prophesied. All you have to do is execute it. The only reason you have that that choice is because he gave it to you. Some people walk around and say, for an excuse, I have no choice. Oh, I, I couldn't do it. Yes, you can. Not unless you're a bear or a lion or one of those animals that can't think. A bear has no choice but to hibernate in winter. He's compelled. It's the nature of a bear because a bear is an animal. A bear can't say, hey, you know what? 
This year I won't hibernate. I'm just gonna I'm gonna tough it out. Can't do that. A lion can't say, Hey, you know what? I'm tired of killing all these animals. Let me just uh eat some grass or something. He'll die. Okay? And it's just like us. If we if we can't make the connection, if we if we can't cross the cross dot the I's and cross the T's and you know, and, and make it in our life, when we, we fit him in, you know, our spirit is going to die. And it's not nobody else's fault but yours. So uh, we, we come to the part where I'm just going to work on to the conclusion. So right now, uh, I'm going to do the call of salvation. Now, you know, the main subject of the day is do your job, and here I am. And... This fits perfectly into the call of salvation because God is doing his job. He's there. He's showing up. He's there. And you, all you have to do is show up also. All you have to do is say, God, here I am. I'm ready to set aside and cast aside the sins that I've been doing. I've been trying to do things my way, but you know what, God? I think it would be a lot better with you in my life. So I welcome you into my life. I thank you and I accept the gift that you give me that you have sent your only begotten son to die on the cross on Calvary for our sins, for mankind's sins, for my sins, everybody else's sins. I accept that gift and I thank you. And for now and forevermore, I'll make sure that I will renounce my ways and accept the new, this new life. And with that being said, after that, you know, all you have to do is just, you know, let someone know that I, I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I accept him in my life. Once you said that or something in your own words, you know, you can tell anybody. You can text somebody, call them, or you can talk to us here at Purpose Team Network. But just make sure you tell somebody some kind of way, somehow, let them know that you're a new creature. And the next step I suggest you do is find a Bible-believing, teaching, teaching sanctuary that will nurture you into the word of Christ. And if you can't find that church home, um, we're here at Church Without Walls here at Purpose Camp Network, and we're here almost each and every night that we can broadcast. And so that is the end of um, the Call of Salvation. I'll quickly go into the announcements, and then we'll do the conclusion of tonight's show. So the Call of Salvation, I mean, uh, is, is finished, so we're going to do the uh, announcements. This is the product of Purpose Camp Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Uh, I thank you so much for your support and listenership and letting other people know that Purpose Kim Network is on the air. I thank you so much for that. Uh, it's been valuable doing that. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we are broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. And anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you can press the number one. We also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we do make major announcements on the social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Uh, Also, if you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can simply type in the host name or the show name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Also, um, we invite you to like us on our uh, 
at pkn.com. We can hear 24 hours of music and inspiration. And um, just uh, tell a friend and let them know that, you know, uh, Purpose Kingdom Network has a radio station. All right. Uh, tomorrow evening, uh, we will be having um, a rebroadcast of one of our shows. Um, even though it's a rebroadcast, just check it out. Maybe it is a word to remove you. So please feel free to check it out. We're going to be broadcasting tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour. And with God's will, God bless you, you'll join us. Once again, at the 9 p.m. hour, we will be having a rebroadcast of one of our shows. And uh, with that being said, this is going to be the end of the announcements. Um, thank you for, for listening and supporting us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. Now, uh, real quickly, I'm going to wrap everything up. You know, um, <clears throat> for some reason, I was reading two different chapters, and I, and I brought it together. So, you know, do your job, and here I am. It almost pretty much go hand in hand, you know. And I believe I said this last night, but I'm going to say it again. So that way, you, um, if somebody missed it, they'll hear it. You know, a, a guitar without strings is useless. A cell phone without a signal is useless. And living our life without God is useless. And I just want to let you know, everybody may have thinking they have a level of success, you know, uh, living their life without God. You know, and I'm just trying to tell you, I hope you don't <clears throat> sit there and hold on to that sad notion that you can you, you can do it on your own. You know, um, there's not a person in the world that I know that has not had help along the way. So please don't be one of those people that receives help. You know, just you know, just, just call to God and ask him. You know, it, it doesn't take you know much for him to accept you. So don't don't wait too long. All right. Um, so with that being said, hey, um, I really love doing this. Um, I'm have you know I, I have fun uh, also. So um, check it out. Uh, next Sunday we will be having the PK. PKN Trivia Bible Game Show, which is going to be debuting next Sunday. Check it out. I'm going to be your host. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, who says Christians doesn't have fun? Okay, if you think we don't have fun, check it out. Okay? All right? So uh, with that being said, you know, I'm out of here. You know, peace. Uh, listen, everybody, you know, make sure you check on one another. Make sure you, you know, we have a responsibility, and we have to. The responsibility is when we can, we take care of one another, you know. Um, and it's just basically, we have to look out for each other, you know. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. But, you know, like I said, it, it takes just a small measure of responsibility just to look after somebody. So, you know, with, with that being said, you know, I'm out of here. Peace. You know, um, I, I'll see you next Saturday, and after that, hopefully, the game show. All right, y'all. Peace. Jesus led. He raised me. I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose. Set me free. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose.